0: guys organization news podcast my name is solman elite at red nation hoops on twitter here joined by kyle Chilik at kyle no what, what's your twitter handle uh, k underscore chili 22 okay that's what it is you got the you got the most complicated one at everybody <laughs> yeah oh, that was a bad idea also joined by taylor pate writes for red nation hoops.com and is our resident senior citizen
1: uh, yeah 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 you can find me at your local geriatric office
0: or something i gotta say man like when we planned to call at 10 o'clock like, i was worried like i thought you'd fall asleep by now like this is like
1: i'm surprised i'm not asleep man
0: you know i know old people they go to bed early and like they just like i, I feel like you'd be like done you'd be knocked out by 6 p.m
1: <laughs>
0: i was worried uh back in my day yeah exactly um so all-star weekend is here are you guys excited are you guys looking forward to anything
2: uh yeah, hope hopefully the dunk contest will be cool. Uh the three point contest is always the best part of the weekend though. All Star Games garbage. Yeah.
1: Make the make the dunk contest great again. Um
0: Well see it was great two years ago with Aaron, exactly. That's Aaron what I'm Gordon and uh our guy down in Chicago. Um
1: Zach Levine.
0: Zach Levine. Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine made it awesome. And then, and then there was just this gap. Like they, they didn't capitalize on it. Aaron Gordon should have came back last year. That that was like was he hurt? Is that what it was? Yeah, I
1: think he got hurt right before the,
0: um, before the dunk contest. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And Zach Levine didn't come back either. Uh, that's and right. he was he was perfectly healthy too. I think we
1: had like Derek Jones Jr. and just random people. Yeah, Victor Oladipo or
0: something. I don't know. It was just it, it wasn't. It, I wasn't a fan of it. I wasn't a fan of it. But I, in general, I'm a fan of All-Star Weekend. The three-point contest, it's it's awesome every year. I, l- I like how they changed the skills challenge up like two years ago. Like before, it was garbage. Like nobody, everybody was going at half speed. But when they made it bigs versus smalls, like it, it just it became so much more intriguing. And yeah, I mean, the dunk contest is a toss-up every year. I mean, the, they have a strong feel this year, I got to say, though. They, it's like they got Aaron Gordon. Well, Aaron Gordon, is he hurt again? Uh, I think he's, I think he's right. in it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Aaron Gordon, Dennis Smith Jr., Victor Oladipo. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a decent field this year. Like uh, uh, Larry Nance Jr. So I mean, like I got I'm a little bit more excited this year. It's it's always a hit or miss because everything's been done. Like everything's been everything that that you'd expect. Like they like I, I guess guys have to start like drinking Sprite in the air since it's like a Sprite slam dunk contest. Like they have to. <laughs> They have to start doing yeah, different that, stuff.
1: That well was eventually going to dry up. I mean, there's only so many things that are physically, you know, possible.
0: Well, I mean, I got to say, Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine really brought out some stuff. Like, that, like they they did stuff I've never seen. That that was by far the best All Star dunk contest I've ever seen in my life. It, it wasn't even, and I've seen the Vince Carter one day. This was like. In terms of pure competition, the back and forth, it was nothing is better than that.
1: Yeah, that was that was a special one.
0: Yeah, and we got to see everyone's live reactions to that. That that was great. That was great. And like I, I remember like Harden, Andrew Wiggins and like a bunch of guys were sitting on the sidelines like they're like all freaking out. Well, I, I mean like I I'm intrigued that they changed the format up this year. Like, like I I know a lot of people are down on it, but I, I genuinely believe the the guys are going to make it competitive this year because like like I Chris Paul called Adam Silver after last year's All Star game, talking about how it was just it was just garbage, man. Like it's like Steph Curry laid down on the floor in the middle of the game. Like it was it was just it was complete trash. Like it's just become this three point contest slash dunk contest. Like it's 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 not even like nobody plays defense and like this year they changed it up and I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a fan of how they did it. Like they cut it they could have capitalized on some things a little bit better, like- dra- like making the draft televised or you know um, making it so it's east east and west like don't exist, like remove the conferences. Let's get the-, the best 24 guys in whatever. I mean like they did something this year, like it's baby steps. they did something this year to spice it up, and they've been talking about it all year, how they wanted to make it more competitive, and like I'm in I'm in, I want to see it, I think I- I'm going to give them a chance.
1: What? Yeah, I think t- televising the draft is an absolute must. I mean, that process—you know—it's going to be funny seeing, you know, guys pick former teammates or picking, you know, rivals or whatever. And and it's just something that the NBA is going to have to do. Um, it's it's going to be too much fun for them to pass up.
2: I don't really think it's going to make it any more competitive. But I don't think I really want it to be because, I mean, I hate watching it, but I hate it even more. People are trying hard and getting hurt. I'm fine with it just being a, a layup uh, line. Uh,
0: uh, anti that, anti that. You can get hurt playing a local pickup game. Like these guys play basketball all the time. Like, like if they get hurt on TV, it's the only difference is they got hurt on TV. It could have happened. Well,
2: they'd be hurt in a pointless game.
0: But it could have happened in a practice. It could have happened like while they were working out with their trainer. It could have happened in a summer league game. Like this idea that playing hard in. Uh, the All Star Game is somehow more, you know, risk preventive. Like I, I, I I'm just, I'm anti that. I, I, I think, I think that you could still be competitive, and you know, reduce the risk. Like it's, it's, it's not like you're substantially upping your risk profile by trying hard for one game out of, God knows how many they play every year.
2: It only takes one foot going on stepping on another foot.
0: You're boring, man. That's that's just that's just a, that's a bad take. I mean, I tell you that. Um, I felt like there was a lot of outrage when Chris Paul didn't make the game. Were you guys upset that Chris Paul didn't make it, or were you guys okay with it? Like, were you just like whatever?
2: Well, at the time, eighteen games that he missed felt like a lot, but now it's eighteen out of what fifty six. That's not that much. Yeah, that the, it's like thirty percent
1: voting. Yeah, I think the way that voting went kind of you know everything feels so off with time this this season it's like the season started earlier and the all-star break is later and it's just everything feels so weird and so yeah i mean initially it felt like those games were a lot but in reality now that you know voting has been over for a few weeks and chris paul's been playing the entire time um you know it kind of Seems a little bit off, but I mean, he was probably the next guy in, so it's not like he was off the radar at all.
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was fine. Like he missed a lot of games, so like, I can understand why that might sour some voters. But like, yeah, I mean, like it's whatever. Like he probably should have made it over Clay Thompson, but Clay Thompson—it's not like Clay Thompson's having a bad year. Like he's having a pretty damn good year. I mean, overall, like I'm more upset that we're still doing that. We're still doing the charades with conferences. Like we're like we're still pretending like both conferences are equal in terms of star power like that's what i'm more upset about the fact that we do it this way it's convoluted it's confusing if we started the all-star process to this year like if we started doing all-star games this year we would not have come up with this process like the we started this process like through a bunch of tweaks and and we're here now and it's kind of weird. what really upset me is when we went to the injury reserves like i don't understand why chris paul wasn't picked then like we're still doing the, you got to pick an East guy because an East guy got hurt. Like, like that, that, that was what was weird. You didn't necessarily have to pick up Goran Dragic just because you had to pick an East guy. Like, I, I don't know. That's what really bothered me more than anything. It's, it's just, we're still doing this charade with conferences.
1: At least it's not like baseball and the uh, all-star game, you know, used to decide home court in, in the in the world series or home field in the world series could be a lot worse.
2: Well, that's what makes them play hard, like Salmon wants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, like you, I, I just, I, am against the idea that one trying for one game, like for 48 minutes, is going to substantially increase their risk profile. Like the, they play games that we don't even hear about. Like they play dark games during the summer, like games that the public is not available. Like some games that are Instagram, that are on Instagram. Like those are like just the games that we know about. Those, like, there's games that they play in the summer that we never talk, that we never hear about until, like, you know, three weeks into the season. Like, like, like this idea that what trying for one game is going to, I don't know, I don't know. Like, I I don't see any problem with trying for one game. I, I'm kind of with Jeff Van Gundy in this, like, and, like, it's easily the most boring event. Like, if they're not trying, if they're not playing defense, like, I'm glad they did this measure, but they they definitely have they definitely could do some some other things to to tweak this up and make it more intriguing. Like like televising the draft, like letting the best twenty four guys in regardless of conference affiliation. Um, so let's go ahead and get to some news. Uh, The Rockets signed Joe Johnson and Brandon Wright on the buyout market for vet minimums for the rest of the season. Here's my thing with Joe Johnson. Like Joe Johnson's fine. Like he's He's not like he's not Joe Johnson. Of old, we know that he's he's thirty six years old. He's played a ton of minutes. Like at this point, he's pretty much an injury reserve for the Rockets. And a break in case of Ryan Anderson is trash in the playoffs, guy. Like that that that's what Joe Johnson is at this point. Um, and Brandon Wright, like I really believe that the Nene injury in the playoffs, like I I feel like that shook the Rockets to their core. And it, it was it was like a big blow to them because. Not only was that one guy you weren't playing, you shortened the rotation, and you you didn't play Montrezl Harrell. Like, like the Rockets played a seven man rotation in that game six, and I feel like that that really hurt the Rockets, man. Like playing Ryan Anderson at center didn't work. Like it was it was just bad. Like and everybody was exhausted. James Harden had to guard Pagasol and LaMarcus Aldridge on switches. Like it was. It was just kind of a disaster, and like I feel like the Rockets like did everything they could to possibly make sure that doesn't happen again. Like they have three backup centers right now. They have Brandon Wright, Tariq Black, and Nene. Like that's kind of crazy.
2: I think that uh, Brandon Wright is more Capella insurance than Nene insurance because when Capella goes down, they don't have a lob threat kind of guy. They everything's a bounce pass to Tariq or Nene. They don't have the lob radius and that messes up a lot of their vertical spacing. But if Nene gets hurt, then they have someone to replace him as the big uh, someone to put on like a Steven Adams that's going to muscle Clint. That's not Brandon Wright. So if Nene goes down, that's when Tarek Black is going to come in and fill up those minutes instead of...
1: Yeah, I feel like the Rockets are trying to be as redundant as possible um, at at pretty much every position. Um, kind of like, you know, the front office said, um, in the preseason that, you know, they want a uh, an all-star point guard on the, on the court for 48 minutes. And, you know, now they've got three interchangeable power forwards and then you throw in Gerald, or sorry, small forwards and then you throw in Gerald Green, you throw in Joe Johnson. Um, and then you look at the, at the front court and you've got, you know, basically two lob threats and two more, I guess, shifty guys. Um, And it it just seems like the Rockets want to be super redundant and be able to fill those holes with pretty much as close to the same thing as possible.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, my biggest takeaway for me, like, I'm I'm a big fan of how the Rockets played this in that we talked about at the beginning of the season how the Rockets were really weak in their 9 through 12 rotation. Like, their top nine guys were awesome. Like, they were really good, prime for the playoffs. But after that, there was a big drop-off. And, I, and I'm, a, I'm a big fan of how the Rockies played this. They picked up guys throughout the year, Gerald Green, Brandon Wright, Joe Johnson, to ensure... Did you
1: know that Gerald Green was sitting on his couch, playing with his dog, shooting a basketball to no, his driveway? No, I,
0: I, I didn't know that, man. That's, that's by far the first time I've heard it this season. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Like
0: what is it with broadcasts, man? Like that, like it was like this two years ago when the Rockets picked up Josh Smith, and they talked about how Dwight Howard and Josh Smith were AAU teammates. Like every game, like oh man, it was
1: like a drinking game.
0: Yeah, it, it, like it wasn't just the national guys. Like, the the local guys said it over again. Like Bill, we know this. Like, we, we know that... Like, you, you said it already, like, on 40 broadcasts.
1: like it's, <laughs> That may have been a little bit of Bilgo and senile, but, you know, <laughs> we'll give him the pass on that one. First right.
2: overall pick, Bill Bilgo.
0: God. The Rockets' home announcing crew is just awful. It, it, it's awful. Like, I can't listen to them anymore. It's, like, I, I'm forced to listen to them because I can't listen to the, the game quiet. But, I mean, like... I'd rather listen to the road the road broadcast any day of the week. It, it, they're oh, just man. Craig. Craig is
1: great. Craig, Cra- is so- Craig is a
0: breath of fresh air in his, in what is otherwise like a miserable, miserable broadcast crew. It's it's just like the homerism. It's just like the they go to like elite levels, complaining on fouls every other call, bringing up Hakeem, goddamn, like ten times a game, like. I feel like they they tell the same Hakeem stories every single game, and like I I get it like Hakeem was a central figure in this in this Rockets franchise, but God man like like can't you like look up stuff on this other team like find find some notes like that's what other color broadcasts do they 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 find notes on the other team's best players or or even like their rotation guys and they tell you interesting stuff about them like. Why can't they do that? Like, they, they just talk about their own guys over and over again and complain about officiating. I don't know. I'm getting off on a tangent, but I mean, it, it's. It, it's. 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 It's gotten to be really ridiculous. It's. It's gotten to be really, really ridiculous.
1: Um, yeah, I could certainly use some. Uh, use some refreshing.
0: Yeah. But, again, like, uh, to get back to what we were talking about, I'm a big fan of how they played this. They, they didn't give up any resources, and they fixed their the end of their bench and so if, if there is an injury, like they can survive it now. Like maybe they obviously can't survive a guy an injury to like Chris Paul, James Harden, or Click DePella, but I mean, beyond that they can survive like a like a Trevor Ariza injury or like a like a Ryan Anderson injury, right? Like they're much better equipped to survive that stuff than they were like twenty games ago.
1: Yeah, I guess I still would have like some sort of guard. I guess Joe Johnson, you know, is a smart, savvy guy. But you know, if if James or or Chris get hurt, it's going to be so bad. I mean, because you've seen Eric Gordon try to run the offense, and it's just it's not it's not consistent. It's not sustainable. Um, and whenever you know, neither of those guys are on the court it turns into a whole lot of, you know, 30-foot pull-up jump shots. And it's just not pretty. But other than that, I mean, aside from one of those guys getting hurt, um, the Rockets are in extremely good shape.
2: Well, the I don't know how sustainable it is, but the Eric Gordon at point guard lineups are like a plus 12 on the season, something like that. It looks ugly, but it's been working so far. So maybe they were banking on that continuing, and just said, "We'll play him at point guard with Joe Johnson and another wing, and
1: get our creation that way." Joe Johnson played 31 minutes in his first game.
2: It kind of hurt me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think like I I think the Rockets thought that you know whatever guard we pick up, he's going to be pretty much useless in a Warrior series, right? Like I think I think their thought process was we'd rather have a bunch of switchable you know wings than having. A redundant guard that probably isn't going to play that much, right? Like, like if they got a fourth guard, like they probably wouldn't play that much in the postseason. Like, I, I think the, they were looking at moves that, you know, guys who you could realistically say, you know, see getting minutes in the in the playoffs. Like, I think that was a big thing with Mike D'Antoni last year. Like, he just didn't trust Montrezl Harrell. Like when Nene went down, like he just, like he he just would not play him. Uh, when that when that injury happened, and I think like now the Rockets have like two veteran backup centers, and if if Mike D'Antoni doesn't want to play Tariq Black, well, look, you got Brandon Wright, who's a 28 year old, like tw- I think he's 29, like he's a 29 year old backup center who could you know give you good minutes instead of you know leaning on your young guys. I I, I think they're looking at these signings as you know playoff possible playoff uh, guys, and you know, like from that aspect, I think they did pretty well. And, and my favorite part of this is that they didn't give a pick, a pick, because these picks are going to be really, really key to of the off season. Uh, like they are, you know, they gave up this year's pick, and you know, in the Chris Paul trade, and they gave up, they right, they're running low on picks, right? And maintaining as many of them as you can to, you know, possibly use in you know big trades in the summer. I think that's key, because like. Let's say you you know the big talk this summer is you know the Rockets' pursuit of LeBron James, right? And let's say you find a taker for Ryan Anderson, well, you're gonna to have to attach a pick for that. And if the Rockets gave up a pick at this deadline, like that would have been a disaster. Like you'd be reaching for second rounders to attach, right? And I I think I think the Rockets played this correctly. Um, you know, not not you you pretty much just gave up cash to to upgrade. The, the end of your bench. I think I think that's the right way to do it.
2: Yeah, if they would have traded their first this year, I think the next one they'd be able to trade would be twenty twenty
0: one. Right. The Stepian rule prevents you from trading back to back picks, or and, and then you can't trade. Like I think the the way the Rockets did it this summer is like the Chris Paul trade happened because was it was able to happen because the trade was incoming. I mean the pick was incoming. And the Rockets. No, it's yes. it's because once the last draft happens, right? You could uh,
2: that pick it no longer counts. So since they traded twenty eighteen after the twenty or twenty seventeen after the twenty seventeen draft, that pick the considerations for that pick are gone. It's right. just two in the future. So they were able to trade twenty nineteen. Right. So they could trade next year's pick. Right now they can't, but after this draft, they can trade next year's pick.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, so I'm a fan of how they played this. Like, keeping your picks um, in favor of seeing what you're going to do in the offseason. Maybe you can get a young player. Maybe you can trade that pick. Like, I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of that. Um, Let's go ahead and get to questions. We got a couple questions on Twitter, mostly through email, though. So we got a question about Chris Bosh. Chances Chris Bosh ends up in a Rockets uniform. This is from Jane at Jums 99 on Twitter. Uh, slim to none. Like I, I honestly don't believe Chris Botch is going to end up on an NBA roster. Like that's just too big a risk. Like I, I think, I think the Rockets and other teams are going to stay as far away from this as they possibly can. Uh, that's just like it's scary, man. Like the like it's blood clots. Like these are like life threatening. This is life threatening stuff. Like I know Chris Botch really wants to come back and he feels like he's fine. I don't think any NBA team is going to clear him.
2: Yeah, I agree no one wants anything to happen on the floor on their watch. I don't
1: yeah, think there's the, any
2: chance he comes the back.
1: The only thing that I could see is like a farewell type of thing in Toronto, but no team wants to take the chance of putting that guy out on the court and something happening and, you know, staining their reputation or their reputability or anything like that. So I don't I don't think he's going to end up anywhere.
0: Right. And like like you know, it's been a while since Chris Bosh has played basketball, and I'm not saying he. You know, like in a normal circumstance, I could totally see a team taking a flyer on him. Like 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 Minnesota took a, a, a flyer on Brandon Roy, right? Like it's 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 not it's not out of the question that a team would normally take a flyer on him. This health stuff is what is what holds people back, right? Like Emeka Okafor made it back into the league this year, right? Like it's not out of the. You could totally see a team trying. Chris Bosh out to see to see if he can give him good minutes, right? But, like, it, it, the health stuff is just too scary. Like, it's just nobody, as you guys said, nobody wants that on their watch. Nobody wants, it looks really bad to, to take a risk on that, on that kind of stuff. Unless you can get a medical clearance from your team doctors and Chris's doctors, that everything will be fine. I don't see Chris Bosh ending up in the NBA anytime soon. Um, so let's go ahead and get to Twitter questions again. At no at Nav Kumar, Naveen Kumar on Twitter, what is what is this about Houston fans getting all bent out of shape about what Doug Gottlieb has to say about James Harden? Uh I, 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 I gotta say, like I do not pay that much attention to sports talk show hosts. Like I like Doug Gottlieb I don't, I don't even watch Especially his show. Especially
1: Doug Gottlieb.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I I, I don't like I, I don't know what he said about James Harden. And and like I I guess he said something disparaging because uh, he asked Naveen to ask us to question us about it. But I mean, I mean I gotta say like I I I don't know I I don't know why Rockets fans care so much. Like honestly like there's so much there's so many better sources of information. Like especially now like you can listen to podcasts, you can read blogs, you can. Like if you, there are better places to get your information and, and your commentary on your on sports talk. Like I, I don't know why you you would you would watch television. I don't. Maybe that's just me.
1: So here's the quote, um, and this is from Kelly Ico, Um and it says, and this is Doug Gottlieb. Doug Gottlieb have a hard time buying Houston stock. You are what your best player is, and James Harden doesn't believe in defense. CP3 hasn't won. James hasn't won, and that style of basketball hasn't won. Well, that's of
0: basketball has won. What, you, what is that
2: style of basketball?
0: I'm guessing <laughs> fast pace. Like, like I'm guessing that's what he's referring to. They're not.
2: Teams have this conception, this preconception of what the Rockets are, but they're not. They're like they're tenth in pace, and they're really low in pace on this last ten game win streak, and they're not like. The the Steve Nash Suns kind of offense. It's just we have it's two totally of the best one on one players in the league, and we're gonna get whatever matchup we want. We're gonna get your worst defender on James Harden or Chris Paul, and they're gonna go at him, and they're gonna score every time. That's what they do. But people don't. I don't know. They don't see it that way. But isolation has won many a championships. Like literally every single one in the nineties.
0: Right. Uh, I mean, like I, I guess I guess the reservation. Well, uh, I mean, first of all, like. You you gotta look at the source, right? Like it's it's not really a credible basketball guy talking here, right? You you have to you have to look at that first before anything. But I mean, in general, I think pe- I think people have reservations about Mike D'Antoni, and I- I'm guessing that's what he's referring to. Like that style of basketball doesn't re- win in the playoffs. Which I mean, I mean Mike D'Antoni's had some success in the playoffs. He's made a co- couple of conference finals. Like I-, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. He lost
2: to what- Pop a lot. Wow. You yeah,
0: must be awful. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it, I guess my advice is like, listen to podcasts, watch the jump, watch the starters, like, watch smart NBA television, listen to smart NBA podcasts, uh, read blogs. Like, like the, this is this is the kind of stuff you have to go to to get your your information. Not you know, not sports talk radio, not television. Like, you're not gonna get stuff. You're not gonna get quality stuff from there. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, if, if you're looking to Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith or even Nick Wright to affirm your opinion of a basketball team, you're not doing it right. You should be looking to people that are actually watching the games. I mean, there are hundreds of bloggers on Twitter that also do podcasts that watch pretty much every game on League Pass or you know Reddit or whatever, what have you, that have way more qualification to be giving you their opinion on team a or team b and you know doug gottlieb is not one of those people
0: right i mean you could listen like listen to matt moore's podcast listen to zach harper's podcast listen to like you know every smart nba guy has a zach Lowe's podcast like listen to us yeah listen to us right like like (laughs) there are a bunch of smart nba guys out there you shouldn't be listening to like sports talk radio and television. Like honestly, like there's like two really good like basketball television shows out there. That's the starters. That's the jump. Right? And that's after that. Beyond that, there's not that much out there to be listening to. Honestly, um, yeah. I mean, let's go ahead and get to emails. Howard asks, "What will it? What will it take for you to be out on Ryan Anderson? His contract is, that, is bad." Is that and, Dwight Howard? No, I don't know who it, it just says,
2: <laughs> from the grave.
0: It it just says, it just says Howard. What will it take for you to be out on Ryan Anderson? His contract is bad and he's clearly our weakest link in come playoff time. Um listen man, like like Ryan Anderson's fine. Like he his con he is he is probably the worst contract on the books and he he is getting overpaid and I I get that and against the Warriors he doesn't offer that much utility, but I mean against most NBA teams he's a really useful basketball player. Like he's he's like a 40% three-point shooter and he's like well, I'm not sure what he's shooting this year, but he's he's usually high thirties. He's like
1: 38, percent
0: right? Yeah, he, he, he's a he's a he's a quality three point shooter. He provides immense spacing, and I, and I feel like that's the most underrated thing about Ryan Anderson. And like even when he's missing shots, like defenders still have to guard him. Like you you still have to go. You have to you still have to stick on Ryan Anderson, and that creates so much space for James Harden and Chris Paul to, to operate, whether it be in pick and roll or isolation. And I feel like that's. That's where his utility comes in. Like he's a he's fine he's a fine NBA basketball player. I understand you being upset about the contract, but I mean like it's the Rockets well, the Rockets had to sign give him the contract. I mean it was 2016. Like the market was kind of crazy and the Rockets had to give had to overpay for for quality role players to get back to being a respectable Contender in the West,
1: like it And was- it's not like the Rockets knew that the Cavs were going to blow up, and that Chris Paul was going to come. You know, when they signed that deal, and and they were going to have a chance to get, uh, you know, LeBron this summer. I mean, they just didn't know those things, and they were just doing what they needed to. And not to mention, you know, Brian uh, Anderson's been playing a lot with the bench lately. Um, he, he's been playing well last, lately. His last ten games, he's shooting forty-eight percent from three on five attempts a game. Um, he's a plus six, six and six point nine, seven basically in that time. I mean, I don't know what more you really want at yeah, that's this pre- point.
0: It's pretty good. I mean, I guess people view me as like a Ryan Anderson defender, and I guess that's what that's what Howard's referring to here. But I mean, like he's he's a quality basketball player, man. Like he's not like he's not a scrub, right? Like he may he may not provide that much usefulness in the playoffs against like a war- a Warriors or a Cavs. But I mean, like. You, that's why you have P.J. Tucker. That's why you have Joe Johnson. That's why you have all these other guys, like, you know, Luke Mbamute, Trevor Ariza. That's why you have all these you, other guys.
1: You, you sign guys like this, especially like Ryan Anderson, to have a game where he scores 35 points or 30 points or whatever, and it's, you know, 8 of 10 threes. You sign him for those type of games, and those are the type of games that, you know, against any good playoff team wins you a game.
2: If they don't sign Ryan Anderson well I've seen a lot of people complain about Maury giving him that deal, but if you don't sign Ryan Anderson, you don't end up with Chris Paul. Like he was huge last season for them getting overachieving and getting fifty five wins and they don't get fifty five wins, Chris Paul's not looking to come to Houston. He's built some clout.
0: Right, yeah. He was he was a big part in the uplift of this organization. Man, this this organization looked dead and out like two years ago. I, I feel like Rockets fans have forgot about that. Like it's like it took it took a lot for the Rockets to be where they are right now. Like it it it, it took overpaying guys and it took um, building some credibility among you know contenders and and you know really good uh, players in the NBA. Like to really get where they are right now. And like I feel like like you had to you had to give these contracts out. And, and the market was totally different in 2016. Like people thought the cap was going to go up again. Like if you guys remember. Um, the projections were like 108 million, right? Like, am I right, Kyle? Uh, yeah, it was higher, and then, well, and then for the
2: next this season, what messed it up was the really short playoffs, and they had less playoff revenue, right? And so that ruined everyone's plans this season. But there might be another spike soon if the uh, they're trying to pass Gambling, betting, right? Yeah. Gambling, yeah, and that would make the cap spike again, and then maybe Ryan Anderson's deal won't look so bad,
1: right? Well see, and I mean, you know, a few years ago you have contracts like Omer Ashik and Jeremy Lynn Deng. Um, yeah, and and
0: Joking Noah comparing those Evan type Turner, of players. Yeah, Miles exactly.
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you're comparing those type of players now to somebody like Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson is still a guy that's gonna get, you know, like very big minutes in in the playoffs and be a contributor. Those other guys, they those are not those are not playoff, you know, caliber players at this point. They're
2: not even regular season players most of yeah, those that he listed. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. And and so while his contract might not be, you know, I mean, yeah, he's making 20 million dollars, but at the same time, so are guys like Alan Crab, I mean, it, it's it's a bad contract, yeah, but it's it's I mean, it's not that bad.
0: Yon it could be a lot worse. Yon-Mahimi. yeah Mahimi. God, man, there there were so many bad contracts in twenty sixteen, man, God, like it, you go down a rabbit hole and you look at all the contracts signed and like half of them look terrible. Like, of
1: the bad contracts, Ryan Anderson is probably the best.
0: Right, like he he's probably the worst contract on the books for the Rockets, and he's fine. Like he's like in comparison to everything else that was done that summer and. Chandler Parsons. Right. Forgot Chandler, about that one. Chandler Parsons. Like, what what, what the hell happened to him, man? Like, the guy's getting DNPCDs. Like, it, 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 he's just became like a bad basketball player out of nowhere. I mean, well, no, I shouldn't say out of nowhere. His in- injuries obviously had to do a lot with it. But, I mean, there are worse contracts out there. Like, you guys, like, Howard. Like, I- I'm not caping for Ryan Anderson by any means, but he's fine in comparison to... A lot of other NBA contracts, and he's 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 just fine. Like he's he's an okay player. Like I, like I, I I don't understand why Rockets fans kill this guy every other day on Twitter. Like I, I don't understand it. Um, Eric from Austin wants to know: With how good he's been this year, are you worried about the type of contract Clint Capella would demand this summer? Um, I gotta say, before I was before I was, and now like the way Clint Capella has played these past 10 games or so the guy looks freaking amazing like he's gonna earn every bit of money he gets this summer i'm not sure if he's worth you know worthy of a max like he's he's probably not but if he gets like 15 to 20 million dollars per year like that's about market value i think that's fine and um you know a lot of people theorize including you kyle that the market's going to be dried up for centers right because you got demarcus cousins you got um you got you got a lot of quality centers out there, DeAndre Jordan. You 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 have a lot of quality centers hitting the hitting free agency at this time. Everybody's got a center, and um, cap space is few and far between. So there's some speculation out there that he may not get the contract that you know we think he might get. Right, like I I, th- I still think he's going to get at least fifteen mil per year, and if Maury can get him for like twelve. Like that's a huge win, but I mean. I still think he's probably going to demand at least fifteen mil per year, and I think that's fine. Like I think that's fine. Like he's he's played himself into becoming like a franchise quality center. Like he's probably like the friend, the center of the future for the Rockets. Like I, I I don't see how they could possibly up possibly upgrade that position. And he's so essential to what the Rockets do, pick and roll wise, and uh, defensively wise in terms of switching everything. Like he's. He's really valuable. Like I, I I think like especially with restricted free agency and the Rockets having the ability to match anything, I I I think I'd be okay with when he gets to summer. I was worried before, but I'm not I'm not as worried now.
2: Yeah, if this was uh, twenty sixteen then he might have found a mech somewhere. Uh but there's no way he finds that now. There's like three teams in space that could use a center. And uh I don't think any of them are offering them a max, but and then like you said, there's a lot of other centers. Why would you chase Clint Capella knowing that the Rockets are going to match if you can get Ednerland Noel on a minimum?
1: Yeah, and I mean the Rockets are without a doubt going to match. I mean because you got to think their their cap options would be limited otherwise, um, and so it makes. I mean it makes. All the sense in the world for them to match whatever the offer is, and I do think that it will probably be more than 15 million a year. It's probably going to come from the damn Mavericks again.
2: Yep, that's what I was thinking too. It's,
0: it's the Mavericks or the Lakers. Like if the Lakers strike out on LeBron this summer, they're totally going to give a max contract to Clickabella. Like that's. I the- think
2: they'd rather keep the powder dry and try again in 2019. Are we sure, like man? It, this is this, this the is the biggest, Lakers. Like I, the biggest concerns to me are the
0: Mavericks and the Suns. Uh I mean, well, I mean the suns, yeah, I could tell. I could see that I could totally see that actually, uh but yeah i i I think he's gonna get a big contract this summer, I don't think it's i I don't think it's unwarranted that's what I'll say, um oh, yeah fifteen would be
2: a steal, but i think I don't not sure if he'll hit twenty, but I think he'll get over fifteen,
0: yeah, uh, Ethan asks, are you okay with the rockets moving awareness right from the bench in favor of p j Tucker um I gotta see a few more games of this because uh, the Rockets have kind of looked a little slow in the beginning of games to me. I'm not sure if you guys have felt the same way, but this is probably what they're gonna play in the playoffs. Like this is probably gonna be their starting unit against the Warriors, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, like I, I think I think they're kind of bracing themselves for that. Like it's gonna be hard to see for me to see him playing major minutes against you know the best teams in the league. So I, I could totally see why they're kind of preparing for that. But I mean. If you want to keep Ryan Anderson's value high, you would think feeding him minutes and you know letting him letting him play with the starters would be like a good way to, you know, you know perhaps if you want to offload his contract this summer, you could sell that. Oh, he was a starter for us all year and he gave us good minutes. You know, like you can make a case there when you're trying to sell him to other teams. But I mean, yeah, I mean PJ Tucker is a really he makes that rock he makes that Rockets defensive unit like a lot better. So, uh, I, I, I see why the Rockets are doing it. I want to see a few more games of this before I make a real, you know, indictment on this, like I, I a real judgment on this. I mean, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like the sample size is too small for me to lean one way or the other. It's fine. It's fine for right now.
2: Uh, I think I like Ryan coming off the bench because maybe not for the regular season, but. I like having him lined up with Chris Paul more in the second unit because Chris Paul has been better than James at finding him. Yeah. yeah. So I like those two being on the court together and then in the starting lineup I feel like PJ is a better he's better at quick decisions. He's keeps the ball moving, he doesn't hold on to it. It's either he's gonna shoot it or he's gonna move it to the next guy. With Ryan there's he's been a little hesitant to shoot. PJ Tucker's been more willing to jack up threes than Ryan Anderson for some reason. And when he hesitates to shoot, then he just doesn't know what to do. He'll hold onto the ball for a little bit, look around, and then make the pass, or he'll try and go for a little step-back dirt that hasn't been going for him that much lately. So with the starting lineup, I think that P.J., he's not as good of an offensive player, but he fits a little bit better. Yeah.
0: Um, the spacing isn't as great, obviously, because Defenders respect Ryan Harrison a lot better than they do P.J. Tucker. But, um, yeah, I mean, cl- cl- pairing Ryan Harrison with Chris Paul makes a lot of sense to me. Like, I, I could see the rationale on that. I mean, the reason they brought him back off the bench was because he was coming back from an ankle injury. So we still don't know if this is a permanent thing, right? Like, they could they could go back to it after the All-Star break, uh, their original starting unit. But, I mean, in the playoffs, this is totally what they're going to do. Like, they're, they're going to scrap... Uh, Ryan Anderson from the Starling unit against the Warriors. Like he's gonna be too unplayable. Like they're gonna search him out on pick and roll every single time. Um, and like I, I could see why they're getting. Maybe they're just getting some minutes up right now. Like maybe they're preparing for that. Um, you know, and you know, mix some things up right now. We don't know. Like, this, that was
1: it, kind of my thinking. Is that they're they know their game plan for the Warriors. And this is kind of just a little bit of early practice for that because, I mean, even beyond just pairing him with Chris Paul, you're also you got to think of who who he's matched up with if he's playing center um, against the bench units and and at this point, everything that the Rockets do are uh, is is a direct you know response to the Warriors. Um, So anything that they're practicing or they're trying out right now is because it's what they're thinking you know, that they're going to be using in the playoffs against the warriors. Um, so I think that, you know, Ryan Anderson, especially in that series coming off the bench will be way more valuable than he would be starting. You don't want him, you know, going against somebody like Draymond or, or even, you know, Zaza, um, because he's either going to get, you know, out defensed or out rebounded. Um, and it's just not a good matchup for him with the starting unit against the Warriors.
0: Josiah wants to know, the Rockets have home court advantage now. Do, do you think that really matters in a matchup against the Warriors? Uh, jo- Josiah, let me know if I pronounce your name right because I-, I read that and it was really hard for me to really make the distinction. Um, but yeah, I think I'm saying it right. Uh, I-, I think the biggest part of the- them getting the one seed right now is mainly like that they're really hungry. Like they like they just seem like more hungry than the Warriors at this moment. Like the, the Warriors seem really laxed and like they're kind of they're kinda of going through the motions right now. Like Steve Kerr had uh, Iguodala and Draymond coaching uh, timeouts the other day. Like I, I just feel like they're really bored. Like I, I feel like they're just finding things to, to do at this moment and the Rockets are like really, really like motivated. They're really self motivated. Like they're on pace for sixty three wins. This is like the eighth best defense in the NBA according to CleanTheGlass.com. dot com, um, and they're the greatest offense in NBA history according to Basketball Reference. Like they're really freaking good right now. They've won ten games in a row. Like they just seem to be on their A game. I think getting the first seat is more of an indictment of, of how good they've been this season than like how much home court advantage is gonna like. I I I, I and all honestly to answer your question. I'm not sure how much of a how much of a difference home court advantage makes in a series against the Warriors. I would guess it's probably more favorable to go into the Toyota Center in a game seven situation than it would be Oracle Arena. But honestly, like it's not like the Rockets have had crazy good home crowds. Like it's not like like the Rockets gave out like one dollar hot dogs in last year's playoffs. Like it's not like the, the, it's not like home court advantage Is a huge huge advantage for the Rockets. I, I think it's more not playing at Oracle Arena that's the advantage.
2: Yeah, and then there's also matchups. If uh, if the Spurs hang on at three and Kawhi comes back sometime ever, then I'd rather play whoever comes out of the, uh, the four or five than the three-six in the second round.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that the uh, easiest path that the Rockets can take is certainly something that they're thinking about. Um, they don't want to play... You know, I mean, not that they're necessarily scared or anything like that, but they don't want to play OKC if they don't have to. They don't want to play, um, you know, San Antonio if they don't have to. Um, you know, it's as far as home court advantage um, against the Warriors. I mean, it matters, but it, it's it's such a menial, it's such a menial difference that at that point, you know, those two teams are so damn good that it it probably won't make much of a difference either way.
0: Right. Like I, I think it makes like a small difference. Like like I was saying the game seven thing, like that that might be like a you'd rather be in your own building for that. But I mean like the Rockets are so far away from that. Like they, they getting the one seed is probably just a an accomplishment. Like they wanted this one seed. Like the Rockets were totally watching that Portland uh, Golden State game, like everybody in the organization, I I one hundred percent believe that. Like Daryl was definitely watching that game. He tweeted after the game, hashtag Rip City. Like like everybody, like I feel like James Harden was watching that game. I feel like Chris Paul was watching that game. Clint Capella was watching that game. Like I'm convinced that they were they they wanted they wanted that one team more than anything. Like they they definitely wanted it. They definitely wanted home court advantage. Um, um. As far as how much of a difference it makes, you know, it's we don't know. We we won't know until the playoffs. Uh, but I gotta say, at this point, it they should be locks to make the conference finals. Like that should be their expectation. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing that we have such high expectations for them. They've been that good. They've been so good that anything less than that in a competitive series with the Warriors um, is a disappointment. Like I, I think that's I think that's fair. Like they they've earned that from us. That they. That anything less than conference finals is a disappointment, and I think, I think getting the one seed is just a something they wanted all year that they got. Like God knows if they're gonna hold on to it. Like the Warriors have a pretty easy schedule here on out, and the Rockets have three more road trips before the end of the season, and like a couple more back to backs. But I mean, for right now, going into the All Star break, I mean, it, it feels pretty good to say that you're the best team in the NBA um, for eight days. For however, however long this lasts,
1: yeah, um, I think that they are they are kind of sitting pretty right now, and uh, you know they feel good about themselves, and that's probably you know a, a big motivating factor for them going into the playoffs. And I think that if they were able to hold that number one seed into the playoffs, it would be that much more of a motivation factor for them um, to. Validate themselves, you know, in in some way, um, because everybody's been saying that, you know, the NBA is a wash at this point, you know, and I guess the Rockets have something to say about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I I I think the NBA is like much more interesting this year than I thought it would be. I got I gotta admit, like I, I thought the Rockets like their goals of matching up the Warriors, it felt very out there at the beginning of the season. But the more and more that I watch this team, man, this team is just ridiculous. Like, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect this team to be this good at this point of the season. Like, and I thought they'd be awesome. Like, I thought they'd be fifty-four wins. I thought uh, by this point the Harden and Chris Paul pairing would have figured it out by now. And I thought like going into the playoffs would be that much more deadlier. But the eighth best defense in the NBA is kind of crazy to me. I, I did not expect them to make that much of a leap on that end of the flo- at, at that end of the floor, and having the greatest offense of all time, like, you know, that may not last that long. You know, we still have 25 games left, but the fact that they've been that good offensively, playing mostly isolation, which has been a big surprise to me that they've been so good in isolation this year. Um It's huge. It's huge. Uh, and last question, and we'll end on this. Okay, Richard wants to know if we've seen the MVP straw poll by Tim Bontemps and if it makes us... Feel better about Harden winning the award at the end of the year. Um, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, I got to say, like, I'm not, like, I'm I'm at that point where I'll believe it when I see it. Like, when the award is in James Harden's hands, that's when I'll actually believe it. Like, Harden lost the award last year on a two-week stretch where he hurt his left wrist. And uh, Russell Westbrook kind of went on a tear. And he hit that game winner in Denver. And, like, voters can change their minds so quickly. And I feel like, like a narrative can shape in like such a short amount of time. I'm not. I'm not saying anything is a lock at this point. Like even though he got 91 first place votes in this straw poll, like I, I, I still, I'm so, so skeptical. Like I found tweets from myself in March of last year saying I feel like Harden's like separated himself from the tide. Like that was March. It's February right now. It's still way too early to make any sort of declaration on this race. I, I think there could be a there could be a narrative forming that LeBron's turned the Cavs season around and he's putting up crazy numbers and like, you know, like I, I I'm open to anything. I'm 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 at I'm at the point where I gotta see it in his hands before I feel confident that he's won the award.
2: I thought I was the boring one.
0: I mean, like, listen to me, man. Like, I, <laughs> like. He, I, I'm at that point. If the Rockets announce that James Harden's won the MVP, I won't believe it. Like, cause like I, I just feel like he he's lost the award on these end of end of the year runs where like you know, I people don't want him to win this award. Like but last year,
2: last year it was people were talking about it the whole time because it was so close. But this year, no one's been talking about the MVP race because it's there's no one there <laughs> except for James. But like no, he,
0: the, the fact that nobody's point, talking about the MVP award is concerning to me. Like they're we're, not
2: talking about it because it's, what is there to talk about? James the, Harden.
0: That James Harden's running away with it. That that should be the conversation right now. The That's conversa- a boring
2: conversation.
0: Well, the, we talked about it for like for months when Steph was the unanimous MVP. You can't tell me that. Fair you can't tell me that they wouldn't be talking about it now. Harden's he was averaging- having
2: the the greatest maybe. Don't come in my mentions with anger. Maybe the greatest offensive season ever. James Harden's been really good, but he is not.
0: Well, hold on. Doing what Steph was doing. Harden's having an incredible season in his own right. Like thirty-one point yeah, eight no. points per game, yeah. nine assists per game, six rebounds per game, and like he's lowered his turnovers. He's shooting like a ridiculous percentage from three. I never thought he'd become this great of a three-point shooter. Like he's having a historic offensive season in his own right.
2: I don't. I don't think that it'll be. We don't want. I don't know. I think he has too much of a lead to lose it right now.
1: So much tiebreaker.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's all you. It's all on you. No pressure. But agree <laughs> with me.
0: <laughs> Do you feel like he's run away with it?
1: I feel. Like, I feel like that with only twenty five games left, it would be really difficult for somebody else to come in and take that away. I mean, the the Rockets would have to have some sort of collapse or something because I don't see this type of play slowing down from James. It would have to be, like, the Cavs winning, you know, like, 19 of their next 25 games. I could
0: totally see that. I could totally see that.
1: It would have to be something outrageous um, for James to get stripped of the lead that he has right now.
0: All I'm yeah. saying is, I've seen this movie before. That's all I'm saying. Like, we were talking about this in March, about him running away with this. And then he separated, like, I mean, Russell Westbrook separated from him in two weeks. All the tip was but two it, weeks.
2: That was close the entire time. I. That's not fair. Uh, That's not a fair
1: comparison. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that race was a lot closer than anything this year. I mean, the fact that, that you can't really name... A number two, like you could, you could debate, I guess, a number two, but you can't definitively name one and two or one A and one B, like you could last year. You can't just say, "Oh, you know, it's it's definitively LeBron or it's definitively Steph or it's you know this guy or that guy or whoever Giannis."
2: The Mar De Rosen you know. might be third. There is yeah. not a whole lot of other candidates this year. And,
1: exactly, and I feel like that at, at this point it is too big of a lead and not enough time left because of when the all-star break came
0: it's not big enough for me man like it'll never be big enough <laughs> like i i, get, I i'm going to wait till june 25th when they when they're giving the awards out like even if even if like dream shake does another one of those you know or they ask everybody who they voted for and they fi- they figure out harden's running away with it like even if they do that like i, I i'm just like Listen, like I, I'm, 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 I gotta see it in his hands. I gotta see it in his hands. Like I, I, I've, I've, I've been burnt before by this. Like I, I just, I, I'm, I'm too cynical about this when it comes to James Harden and, and anything related with voting. Not, not just the MVP vote. Anything related with voting, like the the fact that he missed the All NBA team in 2015, is still, well, I think it was 2016. Is still kind of incredible to me. Like that, that, that to me it's what it's what's made me cynical about voters ever and harden ever since like I just I just don't think he'll kill he'll, he'll ever curry enough favor to be unanimous about anything much less the MVP
2: ye have little faith
0: <laughs> yeah I, I mean um, I, I guess we can end on that I mean it's getting pretty late I don't want Taylor to fall asleep on the podcast Um Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Well, we fixed our Google Play link, so if you have had trouble with that in the past, it's working now. Our Stitcher link is working now. Our iTunes link has always been working. Uh, give us a good rating on iTunes. Give us five stars if you enjoyed the show. Um, it helps other people find the show. Follow us on Twitter at Red Nation Hoops, at Taylor L. Pate, and at whatever the hell Kyle's Twitter handle is. K Chile. K Twenty two. K Chile. Twenty two. You gotta make it so. You gotta change that. You have to change that.
2: But, uh, I'll think about it. Just for
0: you. Just for all the people out there. This is for you, the people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Kyle is, is nothing if he's not a man of the people.
0: Exactly. Okay, so it's Kate Chile22. Um, With an underscore thrown in there somewhere.
1: God damn it, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be difficult about this. You gotta change it like. like Change it, change it right now. I am not gonna end the podcast so you change your at.
2: I'll take i I'll take a I'll take a vote. I'll let you know how it turns out.
0: A vote amongst who? Pardon? Your followers? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, that's my cats. They'll let me know.
0: Alright. Um, yeah. Thanks guys.